Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. It's been a while since we heard that song. Yeah. It's been a it's been a couple weeks. We've we've been on hiatus because Neil can't stop going on trips, but Neil is back. How was your trip, Neil? It was a good time, you know, sunny sunny Vancouver. That's Not nice. so sunny actually, but Was it was raining a, a lot? Uh rained quite a bit, yeah. Good, seriously right. Didn't rain the times when we needed it to not rain, so That's good. Yeah. And you came back to Toronto and there's a lot of sun here. We're approaching patio season. Are we in patio season? Would you say we're in patio season? Oh, we're getting close, May sixth. Uh this is usually when, you know, the weather takes a turn for the great. Um, yeah. I feel like we're still at the point where like you, you can walk outside in shorts and be cold. Well, you're already in shorts. I'm today. in shorts. You're, you've been in like, shorts since, you know, mid January. Yeah, I'm optimistic, Neil. I, I wanna make sure that, you know, I'm prepared for when it does get warm when we are in patios. The thing you know is, I mean? is like me personally, I like when this weather's like, you know, anything between mm-hmm. eighteen and twenty six is my comfort zone. Yeah. When it gets when it gets above that, it's just yeah. uncomfortable. When it be when the humidity sets in, when you know, the pollution, the smog, like all this yeah. shit, it, it's unbearable. But I like when it's, you know, moderate have you ever lived have you ever lived in a basement apartment neil yeah it's fucking great but have you ever lived in in a basement apartment with no air conditioning that's what i mean it's great it is great but i've lived in some underground it's a little cooler right it's naturally cooled because you're naturally cool but also sometimes it's like that's where all the humidity is that's where it's like the the way you're facing the sun it's just no air conditioning at all. It's just the worst. You wake up covered in sweat. But um, yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to have like a balcony now. It's nice to like actually. Are you reminiscing there. on these moments, like just well, PTSD? I'm actually like I'm reminiscing because I t- I took a streetcar up to like north like Bloor area t- just this morning actually, mm-hmm. and I was like going past. I went past a couple of my old apartments and like seeing like the basements that I was in and like yeah. Yeah, but then coming back down here, it was nice to, you know, come back into my nice, cool, I can just, like, open my patio door, you know? We're moving up in the world, Neil. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good time. Uh, let's get into some sports. Uh, let's talk Let's talk Raptors first, because we haven't, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors gave it their all. It was um, a roller coaster. We, we had high hopes, you know, they, after... Absolutely no chance of them coming back. I know everyone like had this team written off. Oh yeah, uh, down three games to none. Uh, they managed to win the next two to pull it to three two. And did you see game six? Of course I did. You know, like I, I don't know what happened. I, I I guess they just ran out of steam, or uh, like I, I don't know what happened at halftime. But like in this game, the first half. They were going toe-to-toe with this Philadelphia 76ers mm-hmm. team. They were going against two of you know perennial MVP candidates. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they were staying into the game. They had a lead for most of the second quarter mm-hmm. in that game. And then halftime happened. Yeah. I think, um, looking back at this game, I think the amount of shots that didn't fall for the Raptors in the second half yeah. of this game was just ridiculous and it started you could see that they were losing their confidence with each shot that didn't fall 
the the seventy sixers were going on like eighteen oh runs like yeah, as the did. game was going on. And it was just getting to the point where it's just like, oh, this is it. Like this is our last game. And I think the crowd realized that as the game went on. I think the players realized that as the second half went on. Um but yeah, like you said, most people wrote off this team after that after the seventy sixers were up three nothing. I think everyone wrote off this team except for the Raptors themselves. Because they went into Philly. Game three, game four was in Philly, yeah? Game four. Game four was in Toronto. Was in Toronto. Game, game five was in, was in Philly. So they won game four. And that's when the fans started believing again. That's when the fans started buying in. Uh, you know, you have the Nick Nurse quote saying, um, if we win one game, it's not 3-0 three, three anymore. It's 3-1. And 3-1's been done. And he says, you know, if there's any team that can do it, it's us. And I, I believed it. I was like, wow, the Raptors are going to do this. The Raptors are dominating. The Raptors are shutting down MB. They're shutting down the perimeter. They're they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, injuries caught up with them. Van Vliet. I actually had a theory um, that I don't think I, I got a chance to say on this podcast. But my theory was that if Van Vliet stayed out for that series, we would have won the series. Because Van Vliet was clearly hurt visibly hurt visibly frustrated with how hurt he was you know him ripping his jersey you could see how hurt he was and how frustrated he was yeah so he wasn't playing like an like a freddie van vliet could possibly play i mean that's that's just the matchup here was probably the best matchup that the raptors could have had in any matchup they didn't match up well against milwaukee against boston again certainly not against miami um but the matchup was was here. The Raptors had the 76ers number during the regular season, and they just didn't they they couldn't figure it out in this series. Van yeah. Lee was injured. Siakam maybe the workload was too much. The burden was too much for him to carry. Um, what do you think the Raptors need to do this offseason to you know improve, and what what potentially could happen this off offseason? They need a dominant big. That's what they need. I think it's very clear in yeah. in in this series and most of the second half of the season. Um, I don't think Chris Boucher will come back next season. I think he's going to get paid this off season with yeah. to a team that needs him. Um, Ken Birch is is a good off the bench big, but we need a dominant starting big. Like we can't have Pascal Siakam doing everything. Like it's just it's not gonna it's not a viable option for us anymore he can't do everything and in the season he was kind of doing everything that's why he was putting up like triple doubles every single game you know what i mean like we need a dominant big that can go toe-to-toe with a Joel Embiid or a Jokic or you know any number of the bigs in the league i have a name an interesting name that exactly what you just talked about Aaron Baines (laughs) that's a name i thought i'd never hear again yeah okay Aaron Baines, God damn it! Who was your name? Um, a name who's been in the in the news for a few weeks now. Uh, well, at least a week, uh, and that name is Rudy Gobert. No, and Rudy Gobert. I don't want Rudy Gobert. <laughs> has been rumored uh, uh. to be asking for. He has basically asked the Jazz to either trade Donovan Mitchell, which they will not, Mm-mm. or Rudy Gobert, one of the greatest defensive players. Of all time in the NBA. Um, the Raptors have been known to make deals in the offseason for star players. I, the, to what you just said, they need a big. That was a, a glaring hole this year 
on the team. And Rudy Gobert, whether you like it or not, kind of fits the bill. I mean, obviously, if he comes over and he's a Toronto Raptor, I'm going to change my perspective of him. Oh, you're going to be the first one to buy his jersey. Of course I will. Unless he comes out and does like a Dragic thing where he's like, I have higher ambitions than the Toronto Raptors. But the Ra- I feel like the Raptors could package uh, like Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, and Gary Trent for Rudy Gobert. Well, Chris Boucher is out of contract this summer. So you could re-sign him and then trade him. <laughs> re-sign him and then trade him. <laughs> Bring back Lowry too. Sign him yeah. and then trade him again. Uh, yeah, no, they it could happen. Uh, obviously, like, yeah, we're seeing a lot of drama in the in the media locker room. Um, of the Utah Jazz, so I could see I could see that happening. Um, it just depends on whether or not uh, Rudy Gobert will have anything to say about that trade, or whether he's just going to let it happen. Uh, but we'll see. You think Thad Young re- returns? I hope so. I really do. I think he's a he's a solid veteran for this team. I think he can still go out there and and compete, as we've saw in this series. He's still making shots. He's still driving the pain. He's still driving to that room successfully. So I I hope he comes back. Yeah, he, he I think he's not. earned a contract with the Raptors. Yeah, of course he has. Play. I don't think he's going to have the same role, depending on what we do in the offseason, but I don't think he's going to have the same kind of role as he did last season, or this season, I should say. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we do want to, you know, develop the future of the Raptors, and that's, you know, what the game plan was. Like, the Raptors, people keep forgetting. Like, we're, we're really upset, yes, that the Raptors – bowed out of this of this playoff series um but the raptors were not supposed to be as good as they were this year that's true you know what i mean they always have this knack of being better than they're supposed to be exactly right no even even in the tampa the tampa season like they weren't that bad they were supposed to be tanking Mm -hmm. and they weren't that bad yeah like they just missed out on a playoff spot so like yeah just remember this team is scheduled to be good in the, in the next few years. This team is scheduled to compete for a championship in the next few years. That's true. We'll Maybe even next ha- year. We'll see what happens this offseason. Other things happening in the NBA right now. Uh, obviously, uh, Embiid is still out. He could return tonight. He's passed uh, concussion protocol. And you know what? I have something to say about this. This is this really pissed me off. It, it pissed me off for, for multiple reasons. Obviously, like it, it's shitty that Embiid is injured and I hope he comes back and I hope he's healthy despite all the animosity I have towards yeah. him from that series. I want him to be healthy. I want him to be out there competing. But more importantly, I want him to be out there competing because I want to see him lose. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. like that Miami's obviously dominating the 76ers this series because there's no Embiid there. But I want him to be out there, but I still want them to lose. Yeah. Like, I want it to be heat and fort, which it's probably going to be, looking at the way the series is going. It's probably going to be heat and fort. But it's not as satisfying with Embiid not there. You know yeah, what I mean? It gives him an excuse. Yeah. Embiid was a horrible player. Horrible, like, morale-wise. Like, he was great statistically in the series against the Raptors, but as a person, he was a shitty player. You know, like, pushing Boucher down. Like, ham- hammering him in the back. And I think that was in Game Six when Boucher got up and got in his face, stepping on Scotty, stepping Barnes's on Scotty Barnes' foot, yeah. like putting all of his weight on it, like poking Pascal in the eye, like the numerous things that he did in this series. And even in Game Six when they were up like by what twenty five points, him doing the like airplane arms after a slam dunk, like 
you're going to be booed every single time you come back to Toronto now because you literally were the biggest douchebag in that series. Yeah. Well, he was already being booed. I mean, the crying, the crying Embiid will never get old in my never books. that meme will live on forever it's it's literally now a poster that people hold up it's on every to, like every top 10 that involves Kawhi's the shot to win the series yeah it's it's right it's there always right Embiid's face yeah. in sequence then the very next picture of him crying walking yeah. off the court and everyone that's saying like oh Embiid got his revenge on Toronto no he didn't you think that that buzzer beater shot that he hit in what game three or game two was the same as Kawhi hitting a buzzer beater game seven to advance to the next round you they are not the same they're not even in the same universe Embiid had got no revenge on Toronto Embiid went up against a hurt Toronto Toronto that wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs sorry yeah I don't think the Sixers advance here. You're saying Miami's looking deadly. Boston and Milwaukee are in a, a mm-hmm. tight matchup. What do you think is going to happen here? You know, like it is too early to tell. Um, Warriors are looking good. They're looking like the old Warriors of old. You know, Jordan Poole has stepped up and been the third scorer on that team. So they have three fucking unbelievable players again. Mm-hmm. Do you think Miami comes out on top? Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix is up there. I the one thing the one thing that scares me about Miami is that as good as the Sixers are, they don't yeah. have Embiid, so they're not being tested right now. If that makes sense, like yes, these games are still pretty close, but the Miami Heat are like Spolstra is going into this Spolstra, the head coach of the Heat, is going, coming into this game or the series, knowing that they don't have to they don't have to uh, challenge the big role of Joel Embiid you know what I mean like they they can comfortably win these games knowing that they don't have to put like an Adebayo on and Joel Embiid yeah so they're not being championship tested right now so them going into that series with whoever wins out of Milwaukee or Boston like they could be in for a rude awakening because Boston that Boston Milwaukee series is going seven games whether we like it or not it's going seven games yeah I mean, we'll see what happens, but I agree, man. Like, I, I feel like this is Miami's series to lose without Embiid. Like, there's no way. Like, yeah. they have to stop one other player on that team. James Harden. Maxi has been good. Come on. But he's not, like, he's not a Come on. worry. You know what I mean? Like, the reason why Maxi was so good, I think, in the series against Toronto is because all of our focus. We were literally double teaming Joel Embiid and James Harden. So it left the floor open for for Maxi. Mm-hmm. You have to double team Embiid. It's the MVP. Yeah. Um, should we move on? Talk Let's some, move on. Talk some Maple Leafs. To, What's going on here? It's we still have a Toronto team in a playoff. We spot. literally do. We do. We uh, this series. I have a theory about this series. I don't know if I want to get into it now or like, let's break down the series so far. Then I'll get into my theory here. Marner has gotten the monkey off his back. He, he scored a goal. Fucking has. He scored he, a goal. First goal in eighteen or nineteen playoff games. Yeah. And, and what he's, he's had three so far this series? Two or three? He's, he's had at least two. He's performing. Um Matthews is performing. Yeah. Uh this is a Tampa Bay Lightning team that we knew would bounce back after getting absolutely destroyed in game one. Hundred percent. Five nothing. Shut out. We knew that they were going to come back strong in game two. And if they didn't, 
and we don't know what team this is, but this is Tampa Bay. This is like as close to a dynasty as you will find in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And like they're two times. They still have the DNA of champions. They still have yeah. many of the best players in the league, including the perennial Vezina trophy winner, Vasilevsky. They have mm-hmm. Stamkos, they have Kucherov, they have Hedman, they have everyone. They have literally everyone that you can think of yeah. that makes a great team great. <clears throat> yeah. Where does the series go from here? Okay, so I'll get into my theory now. Yeah. My theory going into this series um, was that whoever strikes first is going to lose. Because with these two teams, these two firepower teams, these two teams that can go out there and score eight goals in a game, no problem, are yeah. going to come back harder each time they lose. So you have Tampa lose game or Tampa loses game one, they come back and even harder in game two. So you got Tampa winning game two. The Leafs are going to come back tonight even harder than they played in game two. And then it goes back to back. But if you have the first team, you know what I mean, though? Like whoever strikes first is going to lose this series. It's an interesting theory. That's my theory. What do you like? Okay, the game's in Tampa tonight. What do you think happens? Because I think this is the this is the pivotal game tonight. Is like who wins tonight really has the upper hand here, right? Yeah, we. I, I mean, you. We wrote down in the notes here that's a tale of two games. I don't think it was. I really don't. Um, you have game one. See, that was my theory that like whoever strikes first is going to lose this series. But you look at the way the Leafs played in game two. They almost came back. Did you watch the whole game? Mm-hmm. They almost came back. Yeah, there wasn't enough time. They scored a few goals in the last like five minutes, yeah. but like, but like they were they weren't necessarily in it the whole game. Like they were definitely not playing like they did in game one. But we mm-hmm. knew that was going to happen. Like Tampa was going to come out firing on all cylinders. But Tampa did not play well in game one at all. Tampa didn't even show up. Vasilevsky didn't even show up. He didn't even put on his jersey. And then you have game two where you expect the opposite to happen, where the Leafs don't show up, and Tampa has all the goals, but that didn't happen. The Leafs did show up. The Leafs were still, like, you saw the fight in them. You saw Wayne Simmons, um, and even, like, Michael Bunting we got back. We have Morgan Riley getting into a fight. Like, this is this is a team that's very much still passionate about this this series and still wants to win. They, they've heard all of the media and they, they know what the fans think of this team if they don't win this series. Yep. You know what I mean? Can you imagine, Neil, if they don't win this series? What's going to happen? I, I don't want to talk about that. I don't even want to think about that just yet. Um, I just, I didn't, I don't want to think they about need it. To, the, they the need to really isolate one player and just top one player. One player, and I can tell you this, with confidence he is playing at the best level in the league right now and it's not on the maple leafs can i take a guess it's stamkos i was gonna say kucherov steven stamkos if you look at what he's done the last like 15 to 20 games Mm -hmm. he's averaging like two or three points a game and like it's it's ridiculous that no one's talking about this more but that's nice we have a 60 goal scorer on the leafs yeah but we also have a captain who's making eleven million dollars a year that hasn't really scored a point in twelve games. Hasn't has one anything, point in twelve hasn't games. Hasn't done anything this series. So again, like 
you you need to stop the opposition's captain and to have some success here because you know Vasilevsky is going to stand on his head. You know he's going to get his stops. You're going to get your chances. You need to capitalize on them. You just need to play defensive hockey. That's mm-hmm. what wins games. You're not going to score 13 goals in this in this game to win the game. Yeah. You can't you can't have a shootout because it's you're just not going to have goals going by Vasilevsky and Hedman. And the rest of that defense. Like, it's just not going to happen. Even Jack Campbell have been, has been standing on his head most of the series, too. Yeah, Jack looks like soup again. Yeah. I fucking love that the soup chants yeah. are back. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we got the Marner-Matthews-Bunting connection back. Um, they didn't really look... I mean, they still yeah. scored some goals in game two, but they didn't really look like they, they usually do, like, throughout the season. Because Michael Bunting just came back from injury, so you know I, I would give him like a game or two to get back. So I think they'll be back to their top line in the NHL self tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need, we, like you were alluding to, we need Tavares to step back into the series. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't know where he is, um, but he needs to. He needs to act like a captain. He needs to. I think he will. You know, Nylander two games ago had really bad food poisoning. Did you hear about that? I did. Played through it. Um, Surely he wasn't back to 100%. You, you need your entire line to be playing at 100%. You can't have one person carrying mm-hmm. carrying the line, right? So I think, you know, having Tavares in the lineup is huge. Um, yeah, he's an $11 million <coughs> second liner, second line center, captain. Uh, but he at the end of the day, he is the captain, and he is still a top player in this league. Mm-hmm. So look for him to bounce back tonight. I would even go out of my way to say he has a big night tonight. I'm talking at least a goal. I hope so. Um, I think Johnny T will come out flying tonight. You heard it here first. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think tonight, you know, uh, the result, the Leafs will bounce back. They looked good at the end of that game. I think they come out on top tonight, four to two. Four to two. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'd say I'd go so far as to say five three tonight. Lots of go- lots of goals flying around mm-hmm. tonight for you, eh? That was the result of game two, just, just so you're aware. I know, I know. Um, okay, in terms of this series, mm-hmm. from what you've seen so far in these two games, what do you think this series ends up as? I think it goes seven games. You know, it'll bounce back it and forth. To, of course You it know, is. it'll go seven games, and then the Leafs will win 17 to 19. 17 to 9, sorry. 17 to 19. <laughs> Switching the tables. They'll here. just pound them late in that game. No, I, I think it'll go seven games. Um, and then I don't know what happens in game seven. I really don't. I think every, they're just so evenly matched, you know, know? that's the thing. That's the thing. And the fact that this matchup is happening in the first fucking round (laughs) of the Stanley cup playoffs is the stupidest fucking thing on planet earth. NHL, you're looking at literally what the first rounds are. A lot of these first rounds should not be first rounds. Your playoff format is stupid. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. Every other league in North America and the world has it right, except for the NHL. It's true. Fucking wild cards are so stupid. The NBA is heading in that direction with their stupid play-in format. But like, oh my God, the playoff format in the NHL is the worst possible thing. Anyways, that was my little tirade there. I love that. Um, in terms of this series, though, Leafs win in seven games. 
That is my Leafs in seven. <clears throat> that is my looking at the passion that the Leafs have. The Leafs know that they have to win this series. If they don't win this series, I'm gonna say it. You have to blow up the team. What what other what other avenue do you go down? Your time to win is right now. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, but if you don't win this year, it's a bust. Your time to win is right now. And I think looking at the way the Leafs are playing, they know that. That's the thing. The window's closing. Yeah. And the only way to keep a lot of these players coming back next season is if you win this year. And form that dynasty. Imagine that the Leafs had a dynasty. Imagine if the Leafs went like the next three or four years winning Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they just need to find a way. I'm just picturing that in my head. Like they need Lilgren to play. They need their stud defender. And Sandine needs to develop a bit. They need Kyle Clifford to not play. They need Wayne Simmons to stop being an idiot. He's not I don't think Wayne's playing tonight. I think Spezza is gonna be back in the lineup. I did just get a notification. They're they're making okay, so I'll, I'll read it out here. Spezza and Justin Hall are back in. I'm happy about Spezza Hall, not so much. Um Simmons and Lilligren are out. And Will Willie and Tavares are back together. Yep. So that's some good news. Told you. Tavares gold tonight. That's some good news. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with... Or Willie goal. I don't know. There's That line is producing tonight. I'll tell you that. But Simmons isn't hurt, is he? I think he's I think he's no, actually... No, he's not hurt. He's just not... He's a liability defensively. Yeah, but also he's... The Lightning capitalized on a lot of his penalties from game two, so that might be the reason why Keith is just like, you're out of here. Um, and I think he'll be back for game four. I can see Simmons being back for game four because we need that that passion. We need that um, feistiness mm-hmm. after the whistle and like sticking up for our players. Like there's been so yeah. many times when the Lightning are literally like standing around Jack Campbell and no one does anything. You take Wayne Simmons out of that equation and uh, yeah, those players just go and do what they want to do. Do what they want to yeah, do. Yeah, they can't have that happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I see the Leafs winning this in seven games. All right, should we talk some something we haven't talked about in quite some time? Let's do it. Let's talk uh, the NFL draft happened. It happened last weekend. It Dude. happened last weekend. Um, last Thursday. Yes. I, I just wanted to prove you wrong. Yes. So it's last, last Thursday. Thursday. Um, but yeah, there's uh, some fantasy implications here. A lot of, um, I think the first offensive player to come off the board was the eighth pick, eight or ninth pick. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of offensive line. It was a lot of defensive ends, um, a lot of safeties. And, uh, yeah, teams just showing up what they already have. Uh, but did you want to talk about uh, your team potentially finding their new quarterback? Yeah, Kenny Pickett, the new face of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going uh, so far you, to say he's the new face. He of is the Steelers. new face of the Steelers. Right. Uh, Kenny Pickett's a great pick here. I think you know with Malik Willis not <laughs> being the first quarterback, everyone and their grandmothers had Malik Willis being the first quarterback off the board this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steelers had other plans. Uh, the Steelers had the 20th pick in this draft in the first round, and they went with their homeboy um, out of Pittsburgh. Um, so he's very familiar playing at Heinz field. He's very familiar with the personnel there. He's just going to be in a different dressing room. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a great pick here. 
he's underrated. Um, there's a lot of flaws coming out with people who are uh, ranking him, uh, saying that he has a small hand. They might not know how he holds up physically. There's a lot of funny uh, things coming. There's up. a lot of things happening around this. Um, but I have high hopes for this guy. You know, he's the first player off the board in the quarterback position this season in a, a very weak draft class for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But hey, the, the Steelers went out, signed Trubisky for insurance, got their guy at twenty, and had a great draft. They followed that up with two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know. Kenny, or sorry, uh, they George Pickens. They draft in the second round, who looks like an absolute yeah, stud. Pickett, you see the Pickens. Me- yeah, Pickett and Pickens. Mm-hmm. Um, do, have you seen the memes around Pickens? No, George Pickens. So when George Pickens was drafted in the second round, he's literally wearing this skull cap over his head, and like his body is positioned in such a weird way. And he's just staring at the TV, and everyone's like, "Yo, this guy is going to be." This guy's gonna be a killer. He woke up cho- choosing violence. He's not. <laughs> he's gonna play for free. He just wants to play because of the violence. Yeah. 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 Um, but that is the Steelers' second round wide receiver. The new um, Steelers are a team that know how to dra- draft wide receivers mm-hmm. historically. So look out, Pickens is probably the next Debo Samuel. If you had to ask me, it's very yeah. It's very rare for the Steelers to pick a wide receiver that doesn't pan out for them. Yeah, you know what I mean, like even Chase Claypool had some question marks around him, and then he ended yeah. up being who he is. Um, do you think how many games do you think it takes um, for Pickett to be the starting quarterback, or do you think he starts the season as the starting? quarterback? I don't think he starts the season. I think I I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him develop. You know, I'd like to see him do go the Mahomes route, you know, like sit on the bench, watch Trubisky mm-hmm. for a year. Trubisky signed a two-year deal. Um, watch Trubisky for a year, and then, you know, barring an injury to Trubisky, you know, come in, get a few reps, and then next year take over the reins. Fair. I would love to see that, you know, and unless Trubisky really... <laughs> really shits the bed. Well, or takes off and becomes... The next big thing, or that, or that, which I, which don't could really easily see happen. Happening. Trubisky is like incredibly young too, and still developing. I know, but we know the player that Trubisky is at this point. Yeah, he also really hasn't had like a lot of weapons at his disposal I in know. the past, so that might also be fair. Some other things happening this weekend, Josh. DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games for six PEDs, games, which uh, yeah. Six games. First Almost six games. half the season. This changes uh, their entire year. It's a Cardinals. good thing they traded for Mar- like Marquise Brown. Eh? Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Brown. Yeah, that was uh, could not have been better timing. Um, do you think... Okay, here's my here's my theory. When I when I heard about this, this suspension and what we knew about like the, the Marquise Hollywood Brown trade, do you think front office of the Cardinals had an inkling that Hopkins was going to get suspended? I don't know. I don't know. Because this, you look at the time frame here, like they went it's out and got, suspect. That's they went out sure. got Marquise Brown like so quickly. Maybe like DeAndre Hopkins called management was just like, yeah, I fucked up. Uh, you guys might want to go get another wide receiver for the first six games just to ensure. But like well, it I, was. I really think Arizona went out to get Hollywood Brown because they lost uh, Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. You know, so that had a lot to do with. With that, Hollywood Brown wanted to leave the Ravens. Yeah. Which, um, I guess, took Lamar Jackson by surprise because he literally tweeted out on draft night, WTF. 
Yeah, well, like he was taken by surprise, but let's not beat around the fact that Marquise Brown wanted out of Baltimore like badly. Yeah, he did because he didn't he didn't believe in the system that Baltimore has. Like Baltimore has a system where it's Greg Roman who's the offensive coordinator there. He has a run first mentality. Mm-hmm. They want to run the ball, and that's all the time. That's what's reported that Marquise Brown said as to why he wanted out. Also, like, think about that from Marquise Brown's perspective. He's a wide receiver one in a run first scheme. You think he's going to make a lot of money being a wide receiver in that scheme? No, no, absolutely not. So he wanted to trade. He wants to be paid big. That's what everyone playing in the NFL wants. Yeah, the amount of Ravens running backs last season, like, and they just kept signing them because they're such a run heavy team. They were using like a different running back on every single snap. Mm-hmm. Like it was getting ridiculous. So yeah, I I don't blame. Marquise Brown for wanting a trade there. But uh, another trade that happened, do you want to talk about this one? This was a little bit more surprising. I heard A.J. Brown's names come, like his name came up plenty times uh, in trade talks. But I, I never believed it because they released Julio Jones. They had no, they have no reason to trade him. They're still so Julio's, Julio's a good team. team right now, right? No, he's not on a team. Are the wheels turning for the Giants? In your the head? Giants just, can make a make a signing here. Just wheels turning. <laughs> Get a cheap wide receiver. AJ Brown. That trade really surprised me because I never I never saw a reason why Tennessee would want to trade him. Like I don't understand um, the reason the the reason that came out that AJ Brown could not or, or ultimately got dealt is because of his contract. Uh-huh. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. Right, like these guys are playing high-level football, but they're expecting to be signed for ridiculous amounts of money. Ridiculous. AJ Brown got a hundred million dollars. Yeah, the amount of money that Tyreek was asking for, like, get the fuck out of here, buddy. So I mean, like, like what are you gonna do? You're gonna have these players come out. You're gonna have these players play really well, (laughs) and then demand something that just will handicap your team. Mm -hmm. A lot of these players don't really, you know, take that into consideration, or maybe they do. But you have like Derek Carr come out and say, I don't know if you saw the quote from Derek Carr, but he basically said, um, last year, one of my best friends got traded or left the team because there wasn't enough salary cap. I didn't want that to happen again. And that's why he took less money on this deal. So like you have players like that. And then you have players like AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill that are like, I want to be the most, the most, the highest paid player on this team. I don't care what you do with the rest of the team Mm -hmm. because I know how good I am. Eagles are looking like a good team. They got a really young core. Um, they got Jalen Hurts, who's twenty three. They got Devontae Smith, who's twenty three. Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, who's twenty five. I think this this helps Zach Hurts, not Zach Hurts. Jalen Hurts, not Zach Hurts. This helps Jalen Hurts, and it helps um, Derrick Henry. What more touches? Derrick Henry's gonna have to run the ball fifty nine thousand times. Absolutely, <laughs> that's the thing. Who else are they gonna throw it to in Tennessee? <laughs> yeah, pro- probably Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. <laughs> yes. If you're in a full PPR, he's gonna be catching. Ta- Derrick Henry, like Ryan Ryan Tannehill. Oh, they have Malik William um, Willis on sitting on the bench, so this might be a rebuilding year for that that team as well. I don't think any team that has Derrick Henry on it can call themselves a rebuilding. Derrick Henry is going to have to be the everything for this team like he is going to he's the team 
like Tannehill's gonna have to drop back and be like, "Yo, Derrick Henry has got to be down there somewhere," and just throw the ball <laughs> up. Like, and then Derrick Henry's gonna Derek, one arm just it. gonna go up and catch the ball. Yeah, I, there is no other offensive weapon on this team. Like, it's That's only Derrick Henry. That's the thing. That's why, I like, fantasy value, like Derrick Henry just. I don't know if it could have gotten any better for Derrick Henry, but it did. It I miss did. fantasy. I really do too. I miss fantasy football. Speaking of fantasy Speaking football. Speaking of, oh, that nice segue there. That was good. That was yeah. good. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk uh, our top five. Well, you got a notification to renew fantasy football I did. this week. So, with that, we want to start talking fantasy football again because we miss it so much. So, we do. Why don't we. So we're going to start by. We haven't talked about this before. We're going to no, start by, know. you know, giving you our way too early top five rankings position by position we're today we're just going to do quarterback and wide receiver i don't know if we're at way too early i think just too early is fine i think it's too early too early is fine way too early is like january you're making these predictions yeah um but no i'm i'm like you are excited for fantasy football because you know we we open up draft registration we got our team Mm -hmm. back we you know we're we're excited for it so do you want to start with wide receivers or quarterbacks I'm going to start with quarterback. Okay. Um, do you want to go like five, five, four, four, or do you want to like me to give you my list, you to give your list? I'll, I'll give my list and then you can give yours. All right. I'll go five to one. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, all right. Here we are. Give um, a brief explanation as you go on. My number five, <laughs> brief explanation. My number brief. five, I'm going to give you my five to one and then I'll give you a, a brief Okay, sounds good. Ex- explanation. Sounds number good. five, I'm going to go with a guy named Russell Wilson at number five. Okay. Playing in Denver, he has now escaped the confines of Seattle. He's going to have a massive year in Denver. I think you're going to see a rejuvenated Russell Wilson. You're going to see a healthy Russell Wilson. You, he has all the weapons. He has Jerry Judy. He has Cam Sutton. He has everyone. He has everyone. Cortland Sutton, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Number four, you're going to see a guy by the name of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is going to have a massive season again. Uh, Number three, Pat Mahomes. Number two, Justin Ehrbert. Mm -hmm. And number one, obviously, is Josh Allen. It's not far off from my list, Neil. It's really not. Is that why you gave me a smile? You got Kyler Murray in your top five as well? I do have Kyler Murray in my top five. Uh, My fifth, my number five is a little different, though. Um, It's a man that Tried to be with his family and retire this past summer. Oh, <laughs> Ended up not not happening. Um, but it's Tom Brady. I, Tom Brady is has not gone away, and Tom Brady's he doesn't have a decline. That's the thing with Tom Brady. We have not we have yet to see a decline, and I don't think we are going to see a decline. He was he finished as like what quarterback two or three on the season last season. He does not have a decline. He scored more touchdowns. And more passing yards in his 40s than he did in his 20s and his 30s. Like, this man is going up. I don't know yeah. how. It's not I don't. It's not scientifically possible, but it's happening. Uh, yeah. My number four, like you, is Kyler Murray. Um, even even with without DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's still, he's still going to run the ball, which is yep. going to be fantasy relevant. Um, however, my third is Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously, he had a great second season in the league. He's going to okay. have a great third. My second is Patrick Mahomes. And my top is Josh Allen. 
Josh Allen. Oh, I thought for a second there you were going Daniel Jones, number one. <laughs> Not for a second. I can't even do that. I can't even say that with a straight face. Uh, I, I, I would have, yeah, I would have not been able to get the words out. But Josh Allen, even though in real life, I think Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. For fantasy relevance, Josh Allen is the best fantasy fantasy wise quarterback in the NFL by a long shot because he runs the ball he's massive he can find any target he wants yeah and he's always getting those goal line runs so that's why Josh Allen is my number one I like it uh do you want to go wide receivers yeah you ready for this I'm ready it's gonna surprise a lot this top five uh, you said that, and I'm gonna um, say it like this is my ranking like mm-hmm. this is what I truly believe will happen this season yeah. number five is C.D. Lamb. Okay. Noah Amari Cooper got traded to Cleveland. C.D. Lamb will eat this year. Eat. Mm-hmm. He is, in, going into his third year, he is going to destroy the league this year, I truly believe. But yeah, this is his third year, yeah. Um, number four is a guy that I like to call Cooper Cup. You have Cooper Cup at four? At four. I think he's going to regress oh this gosh. year. I also think Allen Robinson is really going to take a lot away. Um, I feel like you with think the year Allen Robinson is going to well, take hear me away out from with Cup. the year Cooper Cup just had. I feel like he's going to have <laughs> a lot of defensive presence around him. A lot of double teams. I feel like he regresses. There's but he no had those way double teams last season. There's just too. no way he has the type of year that he had last year. Yeah, but think about it. Last season he was good from game one. Like he was, like nuclear from game one yeah so teams had 16 games after that to compete with him and they they couldn't do it you know what i mean so what's another off season anyways. yeah i mean yeah anyways continue we're gonna disagree on this we're gonna disagree that's mm-hmm. for sure uh so <laughs> that was number four cooper cup number three i have justin jefferson mm-hmm. number two you're not going to agree with this, but I think he's going to have a massive year. It's Tyreek Hill. I think, you know, a lot of people are saying that Tua is not going to be able to to get Tyreek the ball. I don't think Tyreek really needs him to get the ball. He can throw it to him a yard, yard away, and Tyreek is going to have a massive year. Um, a lot of people will disagree with this. Tyreek you know, is not in my top five. I know. He's not. <laughs> but he's my he's my number two. And number one is Jamar Chase. There's no st- There's no denying Jamar Chase was a top five wide receiver in his rookie year. In his rookie year, Mm -hmm. playing with the quarterback that he's played with throughout college at LSU Mm -hmm. in his first year. And I think he's going to destroy records this year Mm -hmm. as a number one. So you have him as as your number one. Numero uno. So you're saying um, Tyreek Hill is going to have a better season than Devontae Adams? Yes. Okay, so you're, are you saying that Tua is a better quarterback than Derek Carr? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying Tyreek will have a better year okay. than Devontae Adams. Um, you know what? It it didn't. Your top five didn't surprise me as much as I thought it was going to be. I thought you were going to throw in like an Allen Robinson or something. I like almost that. did actually. Yeah, I, yeah, when you said his name, I was like, "Good God, do not say <laughs> Allen Robinson's name." He's um, good. He's a good wide receiver, Allen Robinson. He was He's before t- last yeah. year. I don't know what the hell happened He's to him. He's top 15. Last year. Well, what do you mean what happened to him last year? Well, he had Justin a different... Fields happened to him last year. Justin I know Fields he had a horrible. different quarterback every single week. Yeah. But like still, he didn't do anything last year. Yeah, we'll see him this year. Uh my fi- my top 5 um are not far off from yours. I have CD Lamb at 5, 
with the exact reasons that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, the room is his. The floor is his. He can. Uh, he's going to get targeted seventeen thousand times a game. Uh, my four is Devonte Adams because Devonte Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. He is from you know top to bottom. He is the best wide receiver in the league. And just because you're changing a quarterback from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, Derek Carr is still fantasy relevant. He's still a decent quarterback. He's not necessarily a great quarterback, but he's a decent quarterback. Yeah, so it's two attack of Iloa. That's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Derek Carr is going to find Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is slotting into the number one. Yeah. We don't think about it. We don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to be the number one wide receiver in Miami. That's the stupidest thing I think you've ever said. He is a number one on any team. Okay, fair. We'll on a see. team with Devontae Adams on it, he would be the number one. I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree, but that's your opinion. Uh, number shooting three, my thought over here. You're shooting, shooting my thought. thought. Number three, I have Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a monster. He had a monster year last year as a second year going into his third year. He's going to continue to be a monster. Um, number two, I have Jamar Chase um, because obviously, like the reasons you were saying, um, I don't remember the last time we saw a rookie wide receiver do what Jamar Chase did. I don't think Dude, they went to the happened. finals. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals went to the finals. To the finals because of Jamar Chase. Yeah, that connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is just astounding, and to watch that is is beautiful football. Um, but then I have Cooper Cup at number one because um, we all knew how good Cooper Cup was when when they had Jared Goff there. We all knew how good he could be. All he needed was someone to actually find him. Yeah. And now you put Matt Stafford in there, He's he found him. He found him. And you're taking uh, Robert Woods out of the equation. Um, you're bringing in some you know mediocre talent to compete with Cooper Cup in the wide receiver room. But Cooper Cup, this, the floor still belongs to him. I it's also still... think Cooper Cup had a big year because he didn't really have a receiving presence at y- at running back as well. They had they had injuries at tight end. Cooper Cup was the offense. Like Cam Akers is back now. Cam Akers is a receiving uh, running back. I I Daryl Henderson is not. Uh, Sony no, Michelle not. certainly is not. No, which is another reason I would stay away from the running backs in in uh, in LA. We'll talk about it next week. I, yeah, which we'll talk about some running backs. Um, anyone on your bubble? Um, that almost cracked your top five in terms of quarterbacks or in terms of for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Uh, yes, actually. Um, Stefan Diggs was very close to cracking my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, that's probably it for my wide receivers, but quarterbacks, I'm just looking you have at a dark horse too. to make your top five this year. Someone that's not even close to a top five. Uh, I'm looking at the quarterbacks here. I think Joe Burrow was pretty close to cracking my top five. Um, in terms of a dark horse, uh, I think Tua, maybe top five quarterback. Didn't even say Derek Carr. He said Tua Tagovailoa. No, but here's the thing: Tua has more weapons at his disposal than Derek Carr does, yeah. in my opinion. Tua has a decent running back core too, and they're receiving running back core. So I think he could potentially do something i don't 
I still think Derek Carr is a better quarterback. Be a, this but. could be a breakout year for Tua. I think um, in my bubble, uh, like one person that I would look out for is Jalen Hurts. Um, in terms of fantasy mm-hmm. production, Jalen Hurts uh, is going to be there because you know he has the pieces around him. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason if he doesn't succeed this year, they're moving on from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, very short thing. leash. That's um, the thing. They didn't really. Um, it's kind of like that. That him and Justin Fields, I think, are both in the same boat here. Where like, if you don't succeed this year, mm-hmm. we're going to move on. In terms of wide receiver. Someone that has fallen from grace that I think could potentially make a return this year to top five stardom is Michael Thomas. Let's not forget Ew, about Michael gross. Thomas. Gross. <laughs> Ew, Michael Thomas. He, I, Dude, I read like there's, there's no one else to catch balls in New Orleans. Let's That's be fair. honest here. There's That's no fair. one else. And, he and is, Jameis is back. Yeah, Jameis is a starting quarterback in New Orleans, and, and he's going to be for the going to be and future. We have yet to really see that connection, and I think you know if that connection really takes off, look out! Like look, you're forgetting, Jameis Winston made Mike Evans a top five wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston can throw the ball deep. Michael Thomas is he, he's a slot wide receiver, but he could potentially be healthy again this year with a lot to prove. I think my I have a dark horse to crack the top five. I think it's yeah. it's it's out there. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. And that's Cortland Sutton. Yeah. He's the wide receiver one on that team, and you bring in um, a new franchise quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You bring him into that team, and I think Cortland Sutton has the opportunity here. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he has the opportunity to crack the top five. I can see it. I can awesome. see it. I've seen I've seen tapes yeah. of them in in practice so far, and they look they look good together. Connections there, eh? Connections there. Uh, but yeah, next week we'll get into running backs and maybe tight ends. I guess. Yeah, talk yeah. some tight ends. Running backs and tight ends. Uh, but that's gonna do it for today. It's good to be back. Thank you so much for listening and your continued support. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. 